to Emmaus. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked, the disciples discussed these things with each other. Jesus came up to and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and other rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all of this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found just as the woman had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted on as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while we talked with him on the road to Emmaus? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has approached and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus had, had and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and now we ask for a blessing as you reveal the scriptures to us. Amen. Our text is actually uh, verse, verse 32. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us as he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? This message uh, came to be actually as a preference to our sermon that I had on the road to Emmaus. And there was two questions that were asked. What were the scriptures that Jesus was telling them that was burning so much on their hearts? And the other question was, walking with Jesus is not always easy. And that sermon will come in May sometime. 
We know that Jesus walked with the travelers for approximately two hours. So I, I went on the computer for children's snappy uh, messages, and I found out that for five-year-olds, it's five minutes. Seven-year-olds, it's seven minutes. And for nine-year-olds, it's a nine-minute message. And I kind of roughly went around the congregation and I added up the years. And the average age of this congregation is around 70. So I have 70 minutes to expound the message. So the travelers to Emmaus were discussing the death and rumor of Jesus' resurrection. When Jesus came to walk with them, and their faces were downcast. The hope of Jesus being the one to redeem Israel was dashed. Are there times in your life when your plans fail? Your hope of a rewarding crop or a restful holiday or a sudden change in health ruins your outlook on life? I know when I first started farming, a hailstorm came and flattened the crop. And I told my mom that I was ready to quit right then and then. But she told me that the Lord will provide and that I was still young enough to look forward to the future. And Dad will help me. Yes, a father helps their children. And Jesus, in this case, was ready to spend time and walk with Cleopas and his companion. When you're in despair, you let Jesus walk alongside, as he'll have compassion and will give you assurance of his gracious love. The New Testament was not yet written at this time, so Jesus was explaining the words of the scriptures of old that Moses, and Isaiah, and Jeremiah. And I will use two references of scripture that are full of content that can make our hearts burn. Let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah 53, 1 to 8. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised, rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, and the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears were silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And who could speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. 
Imagine Jesus explaining this part of Scripture. And even now, as we hear them again, it sends shivers up and down my spine. We read them as we know that the Scripture is fulfilled. Jesus is alive. The Gospel is fulfilled. And now we can live lives of gratitude. What a joy. The answer to our questions are found in the Word. God's Word does not run dry, and there's always truth to nourish us. Jesus is the true bread sent from heaven, and those who eat this bread will have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son to whoever believes in him shall never die. Reading the scriptures by yourself or in, when you have your private devotions means more to you. As I had a conversation with Nick Wollerwins, he was a pastor here, he preached here a few times, and one of my conversations with him was he said that devotional books and po daily podcasts are a cop-out, a lazy man's way of getting into God's Word. You think you've read the devotion for the day, and you're done. I can agree with him to the point where we think that we have done our duty for the day and not reflect on what we've read. You need to understand what God's Word is and feed on it. Now, many of us have, have read the Today devotions in the month of January, and the writer explains the love of God's law and how thankful that the laws are keeping him living every day in thankfulness. I had always skipped over reading Psalm 119, but now it means more to me. I will read them more often as many of those words burn on my heart. Jesus explained and opened the scripture for close to two hours, and the men did not tell him to stop, but listened to every word. They were being fed. Questions of why Jesus had to die and the rumors of his resurrection were all explained from the prophet's writing. We know the answers to the questions of how and why, and now we need to understand and believe that God's Word is still nourishing us daily. We need to read the Bible, for it is a light unto our feet and a lamp for our path. The second passage, which burns on my heart and actually gives me joy, is Psalm 23, verse 6. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Dwell in the house of the Lord forever? By the grace of God and His great love, for us, we're invited to live with God forever. This was made possible through God's sacrificial lamb who was slain for our redemption. This love that God lavished on us is so great that we're filled with joy and peace, knowing that our future in the Lord is secure. It's not how much our RSPs and GICs are worth or pension plans and old age security. These are not permanent. The love of God is everlasting. 
and is for all. The travelers reached their home and offered to the stranger to spend the night, have supper. And at the supper table, Jesus took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave to them. And then their eyes were opened. Jesus broke the bread at the first Lord's Supper. When we partook of the Lord's Supper, were not our hearts relit with a burning desire, knowing that Jesus is alive and preparing a home for us? This revealing of the scriptures that burns on the traveler's hearts fills them with joy. Yes, they met Jesus face to face and were convinced of Jesus' love for the people. We also, by accepting Jesus' unbounding love for us, are filled with joy. They say it only takes a spark to get a fire going. And yes, when you start reading and studying the scriptures, the spark is ignited. And when, you, when the word is feeding you, the fire really starts to grow. The song that has the phrase, it only takes a spark to get a fire going, also has the phrase that soon all those around will warm up to its glowing. The word of the Bible does not stay in the Bible, but it goes in you and then through you. I will relate to a devotion entitled The Silent Sermon. Maybe some of you have read it already, but I'm not reading it for you that have regular church attendance, but to encourage you to read and let the scripture burn on your heart. And this is an author unknown. There's a member of a certain church who previously had been attending services regularly, and he suddenly stopped going. After a few weeks, the pastor decided to visit him. It was a, a chilly winter evening. The pastor found the man at home, all alone, sitting before a blazing fire. Guessing the reason for the pastor's visit, the man welcomed him, led him to a comfortable chair near the fireplace, and then waited. The preacher made himself at home, but he said nothing. In the grave silence, he contemplated the dance of the flames around the burning logs. And after some minutes, the preacher took the fire tongs, carefully picked up a brightly burning ember and placed it to one side of the hearth, all alone. And then he sat in his chair, still silent. The host watched all this in quiet contemplation. As the one lone ember flame flickered, and then diminished, there was a momentary glow, and then the fire was no more. Soon it was cold and dead. Not a word had been spoken since his initial greeting. And then the pastor glanced at his watch, realized it was time to leave. So he slowly got up, picked up the cold, dead ember, and placed it back in the middle of the fire. And immediately he began to glow, once more with the light and the warmth of the burning coals around it. And as the preacher reached the door to leave, 
his host said with a tear running down his cheek. Thank you so much for your visit, especially for your fiery sermon. I'll be back at church on Sunday. Yes, we live in a world today which tries to say too much with too little. Consequently, few listen. Sometimes the best sermons are the ones left unspoken. Now, what will it take to motivate us to set our hearts on fire? We have God's Word, and it is enough to feed millions from the past, now till eternity. Yes, it is easy to share a meal together, but we struggle to share God's Word. When we have potluck supper here, maybe for a beginning topic, you could talk about or share your favorite verse or even share a verse that was meant to you this past week. There's also an account in the scriptures of the Spirit sending Philip on a journey to a chariot. A man was reading the scripture, and Philip asked if he understands what he's reading. The answer was no. So Philip exclaimed the scripture to him. The man believed and requested to be baptized. We need to have the scripture open to us, and we need to open the scriptures to others so that it burns on our hearts and warms others up and sets others on fire. I also need to pray to the Lord to use even me to share why Jesus' blood was, shared, was shed to cleanse, to give us eternal joy. Now, I started out with a children's message about eating the chocolate bar. You are to devour God's Word. Take the wrapper off. Open the Bible. Enjoy every bite. Don't leave a crumb behind and savor the Word of God as it fills your body and soul. And all those whose hearts are burning by God's Word say, Amen. Amen. I'll have a song of response.